Well, as I said last week, I'm kind of stepping a little bit away from what I usually do, where I dig into the particular readings, and kind of focusing on, uh, well, in this case, God and country. Uh, and uh, that's because the holiday that we had, which is Independence Day. Again, everybody has the 4th of July. Americans celebrate Independence Day. Yeah, I'm going to just kind of beat that drum a little bit because it's annoying. Uh, but anyhow, and I really thought somebody would be chuckling at that, and, but nobody. Okay, it's that kind of morning. <laughs> so on Wednesday, well, we celebrated Independence Day, and there were fireworks all over the place. Uh, but because of this wonderful fireworks company that has its home right here, Hudson never has fireworks on Independence Day, right? They always have it, you know, either a little bit before, a little bit after. And in our case, it was Friday evening. And this place was packed. Um, I was talking with uh, Randy Reed yesterday, and he said that he counted over 300 cars that came in. And uh, you know there was more than one person in each of those cars. And, you know, the lawn was just full. And it was, it was, it was fantastic. You know, and we have this, this beautiful tradition you know, of celebrating Independence Day. And, and we, we talk about this in terms of a celebration of freedom. You know, and, and I think that that's an important word for us to consider, freedom. Because sometimes words have different meanings in different contexts. And I've talked about this in the past with the word love. How sometimes, you know, we, we say we love different things. And sometimes I talk about I love baseball, I love my wife, I love my children, and I love ham sandwiches, and those are not the same thing. Right? I think that there's something similar with the word freedom. You know, we, we talk about freedom as Americans, and often by that, we, we, we talk about political freedom, the, the ability to speak freely, to, you know, participate in, in the, uh, the political process of our country and, and all of these kinds of things. But more and more, as I listen to people talk about freedom, I, I really think that they're, they're less than talking about, you know, leading your life without interference of the government. They're talking more and more about, I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want to say. I can do whatever I want to do. I can believe whatever I want. That that's freedom. And I think that some of that has crept into the church. So that when we talk about freedom in the context of faith, it becomes, you know, well, I do what I want, and I say what I want, and I believe what I want. But when we hear that we are set free in Christ, like when Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Does he really mean that, that, okay, well, that means I can leave, live my life without interference from God? Is he saying that, you know, oh, okay, you're free. Do whatever you want. Live however you want. Say whatever you want to say. Believe whatever you want to believe because I set you free. Is that what Jesus is saying? No, of course not. You know, in Romans 6, Jesus... God tells us through a servant, Paul, that you know, when you were slaves to sin, you know, you've been now set free in regard to righteousness. So we have this, this thing that's going on in our lives that in relationship to sin, 
we, we have this pull, this tug, this, this experience of slavery where you just, you're, it's like you're compelled. Maybe you've experienced that. You know you shouldn't do it, but you do it anyhow. Even though you're ashamed of it afterwards. You're just like, oh, I did it. And then in terms of righteousness, it's, it's like you know, picking the things that God wants us to do. Sometimes it's really, really hard, and I can't do it, and I need God to empower me and to help me to do that. So when we look at this relationship, you know, we are free, in a sense, to sin. But we're not free in our human nature to do what God calls us to do. And so when the son says, I have set you free, I've set you free from the slavery to sin so that now you can choose to do what God calls you to do, to be the people that God created you to be. You know, Paul writes about this. He, he, he talks about this obligation to be righteous, to be free from sin, to be free from this will to sin. And, and he says this. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? So, you know, what were, what were you getting from sinning is what he's asking. For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin, you have become slaves to God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. So you got some strange imagery in terms of the way the Bible talks about freedom. You know, and, and I know that as American Christians, we're really big on this idea of, I have a free will. Do you know who never said anything about you having a free will? God. In fact, the picture that the Bible gives is that you have a bound will. That your will is bound in sin. And you need somebody to come and rescue you from that slavery to sin. And that's what God has done in Christ. That's why Jesus dies. Because when a person dies, they're not a slave anymore. He rises to a new life. A free life. That's what he's doing in our lives. So freedom in Christ is to be freed from sin so that we might live in God, live in his forgiveness and live in his love and have that go forth from us by the power of God inside of us. Freedom in Christ is to be freed to do God's will, to all of a sudden no longer be bound to sin, but to be bound to Jesus. When you read through the New Testament, Paul begins almost all of his letters with this, this phrase, with Paul, a servant of Christ. But when you read that in the original languages, it does not say a servant of Christ. The word there is doulos, and that word is translated a slave. So that all of a sudden, it, our will becomes bound to who Jesus is, what he has done for us, how he has saved us. And there's a very different thing. There's a very different thing between being pulled into slavery, being conquered, being subjected, and then all of a sudden you're set free, saved, redeemed, and then being united to the person who saved you. 
to serve them with everything that you have left in your life. Because this is something that happens out of joy and gratitude for what God has done for you. The slavery that we have in Christ is not because he has come down upon us and crushed us and, and then said, now you have to do these things. He instead has come and he has rescued us from a crushing slavery that leads to death. He says, I'm giving you life. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to live it. I'm going to live it in your will because you have loved me and you have saved me. It's a very different kind of slavery. And in the world, freedom and autonomy are often attached to power and authority. You know, we have this attitude that we are our own sovereign and I can do what I want with my property, my body, my life. But again, the message of the scriptures is different. We're reminded that you were bought at a price and we're called to honor God with our bodies. We're called to live to God, that we were crucified with Christ, but now we live by faith in the one who gave his life for us so that all of our our priorities become swept up and united to his priorities and his will for us and his desire for us. And as we we think about what is God's will and God's desire for us as we seek to live for God, well, there's a lot in there about how we live in relationship with our neighbor and how we love our neighbors. Remember that the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, strength, your mind, right? And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And when Jesus was talking about that, you know, the the person who asked him says, well, who's my neighbor? And he tells them the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You remember that parable? The neighbor is the one who actually helps. The neighbor is the one who actually goes and he helps the person that, you know, racially speaking, anyhow, they should have hated each other. Who goes out of his way to care and, and to provide for the needs of somebody else. Remember that Jesus speaks of our love for the least of these as he's talking about the end times. He talks about separating the sheep from the goats and, and there's, there's this part where, where people are, are, are being welcomed. And he says, whatsoever you've done for the least of these brothers of mine, you have done it unto me. Well, who are the least of these today? Who are the people that we deal that are the least of these? Is it not the refugee? Is it not the unborn? The people who are trafficked? People with with mental health issues? How do we love these neighbors of ours? And I think that that's part of our our life of, of freedom in Christ is how do we care for these people who are around us that we rub shoulders with? You know, Paul talks about this freedom. He says, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. Freedom in the Christian context is not 
I get to do whatever I want. It is, I get to live for Jesus. I get to be a messenger of his hope and his love. And this is the model that Jesus himself showed us. He didn't just tell us to live this way. He showed us. Jesus is almighty God. Does it get any more free than that? He, he can say, I, I want unicorns, and he gets unicorns. He creates all things with a word. It doesn't get much more free than that. But what did he do? He set aside his glory. He emptied himself. And he gave his life to free us from sin and death. So how should, how should we respond to that example? How should we live in response to the salvation that Jesus won for us? Should we return to our sin? Should we promote unrighteousness as we think about how we live in relationship to our country? Do, do we just say, yeah, everything goes. It's all good. Do we defy our creator and continue to look at, at how the world is, is used up and destroyed and polluted and say, oh, that's fine. It helps the economy. Do we ignore injustice, cruelty, violence, and human need? Is that what God calls us to? No. You are free. Blessed to live in a free country that recognizes our God-given right to live lives of faith. Our actions, our attitudes, our ideas are formed by our faith in Jesus and his message to this world. And we are free to be faithful. Not because the government says that we are free, but because Christ has set us free. Free to love God, free to love our neighbor and do good for them. Free to, to proclaim the deeds of our Savior who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Free to call people to repentance. And yes, repentance begins with the house of God. And we are free to be people who bring hope to the world. Because we live for something. We live for someone greater than ourselves. The Almighty One who gave up His freedom to free us from sin and death. Amen.